This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society, and we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And good evening, Hearts of Oak. Thank you once again for joining us. And it's not me solo this time. Always much better to have someone with me. Thursday, my voice was getting hoarse after an hour. Um, Jump on. I will watch and check that we go on on Getter. Uh, We should be, yep, there's kicking in on Getter. We should be on Rumble, on the website, on Twitter, because that seems to be okay at the moment, on DLive, on Facebook, on uh, wherever, and then upload after. So if you're listening live, great to have you with us. Or if you're listening after on any video platforms, or if you download and listen on the go on Podbean, thank you so much for joining us and being with us. I thought that Neil had disappeared or defended him, but obviously not. Neil, it is wonderful to have you with us. Thank you so much. Yes, always good to be on Hearts of Oak. Uh, so um, looking forward to the conversation this evening. Always, always. Thank you so much for uh, jumping on. I love having regulars on. Um, and this is how we get to know each other online and how we got to know each other the lockdown. Now, tonight, uh, there is something else happening tonight that Neil and I don't really have any interest in. And it is this great cartoon from Matt from the telegraph england tactics if you advance up the pitch in small rubber boats the french won't try to stop you i love this uh, he doesn't usually bring in stuff that uh, that play i saw the comments and oh this is quite edgy um but neil it's it kind of perfectly explains the immigration situation and beautifully puts it into a football match scenario yes uh, and uh, you know we've got hotels up and down the country being taken over uh, by the Home Office and Serco, uh, cancelling their Christmas bookings and weddings to house all, all these men. They're all young men, aren't they? Many of them from Albania, all coming over from France. Uh, I mean, France has got enough enough of problems of their own, so they're, they're quite happy for, for um, uh, you know, several thousand a week to um, come across the channel, aren't they? You know, Absolutely. you can't you can't blame the French for uh, just letting them. If they want to, if they don't want to stay in France, they want to come to UK. Then, you know, I, I'm not surprised the French will just let them go. Well, I also have some good news for the football, and it is the team that stood and did not take the knee are actually winning. So well done to France, one nil. Well well done to France. I absolutely agree with you, Peter. And and I'm sure that though neither you nor I uh, were were brought up uh, in England, um, we we live in England, and I'm sure you you would be similar to me, is when England are playing in the World Cup, we, 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 we want them to win. Well, I mean, I was born in England, actually, but I was brought up in Scotland. This is the first time... I can say that I, from the from the moment the World Cup started, I do not want Gareth Southgate's team to win anything. They are an absolute disgrace. They show total contempt for the the the, 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 
English people. Um, you know, they're on national service when they perform in the World Cup. They stand for the anthem and they're representing England. Yeah. They're not representing critical race theory. One of George Soros's um, subversive woke campaigns. That's not what they're supposed to be doing. But that's what they are doing when they, you know, kneel down outside the 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 the, the, semi, the center circle at start yeah. of a game. It's it, it's embarrassing. It's humiliating. Are, are any of the other teams doing it, Peter? I think England take pride in being more diverse and woke than anyone else. So if it was a woke football cup, then actually they'd win it. But um, I, I from what I understand, they're the only pathetic team that get down on their knees. Yeah, well, good riddance to them. If you know, let, let's hope France kick them out. Yeah. And um, you know, Southgate will still be claiming the World Cup was, was a success because England was the most diverse and most inclusive team. You know, they were stopped from going on the pitch with their pride armbands. Yeah, you know, were absolute nonsense and insult. And there will be many people up and down the country who, who just out of habit out of loyalty, they'll be, you know, crowding the pubs and they'll be, um, you know, people will be really cheering England on tonight as they always do. Um, But uh, I think this is another case of many, many things that we've had to completely reassess, you know, in in, in recent years. It's that the things that we thought we liked, we shouldn't be liking because these things are not what we thought they were. Absolutely. Well, let's move uh, just two things before we move on to the other stories. You can follow Neil at Gab there. His handle is there. And what? Oh, yeah, I've got my look. I've got my you can. That's my little nativity scene, my little Christmas tree with my baby Jesus. And there's Mary and there's Joseph. So they're just in the background just to let you know that's my Christmassy bit. But let's uh, I don't know if Neil was going to show yeah. his Christmas tree. <laughs> Well, this uh, one of the daughter's advent calendars. Eh? There you go. There you, you go. have to scoff one while she's, she's out at the moment. <laughs> I think you'd notice. <laughs> Tell her she missed the rest of the days. Yeah, go for it. Um, let's go on to this, which is a story, and this uh, intrigued me because it's, I think, the first time, but Neil will give us more info, the first time he's written a piece I've certainly noticed on on David Icke's website. And the title is COVID-19, The Pandemic That Never Was. As I've been saying since March 2020, it's all a monumental scam. And I think the headline speaks for itself, so I will go through the article. Um, Neil, tell us about writing this and what you're trying to put out. Um, and in it, you say that you're one of a kind of subset, a part of those who have opposed lockdown who actually say it didn't exist. And I'm kind of coming around to your view. That seems the most sensible option, the most sensible response to what we've had. But tell us about this article, Neil. Yeah, well, f- first of all, the, the the line there, as I've been saying since March 2020, that that's David Icke saying that okay. rather yeah. than me. Yeah. Uh, but the article is written by me, and it, it, it's something which I've wanted to write for a while. But it's like choosing the right time to do it, and even now it's a bit um, uh, awkward because there are 
websites that I write for regularly that wouldn't um, share this view and in fact would, wouldn't even appreciate seeing that I have this view because even now among COVID skeptics, the, 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 probably the majority believe that COVID-19 is real. And what, what I'd suggest is uh, anyone that, um, and there'll be plenty of people that uh, doubt uh, th th this idea that um, we have zero COVID, <laughs> a different meaning to what <laughs> the, Chinese. the Chinese government uh, <laughs> uh, use it. COVID is zero. It does not exist. It is the flu. And, and I end the, 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 the article by referring to the uh, medieval philosopher William of, of Ockham, who's best known today for the um, thinking device, Ockham's razor. And Ockham's razor is where you cut out all the, the most convoluted um, reasons for something and strip down to the most obvious one. And I think that's what we've got with COVID. You'd be dabbling in coincidence theory to believe that um, all the things that, have, that were happening leading up to COVID and all the things that have been done behind the scenes, um, you, you, you would have to be um, uh, taking the least likely explanation. It's like people who've been jabbed four times and they get COVID. And, and they think that that means the jabs work. You know, that is a sort of illogical thinking you've got on the other side. But we've also got some illogical or um, some lazy assumptions made on our side as well. Um, one interesting thing which I've raised in that paper, because obviously I'm not the first to um, argue mm. that COVID doesn't exist. I mean, as you saw, David Icke has been saying it from the outset. Yeah. Um, Patrick Henningsen, a UK column, Off Guardian website, um, uh, Jeff Berwick of uh, Dollar Vigilante. There's been several big, fairly big names that have been saying this um, right, right from the the time COVID nineteen uh, outbreak happened. But I, I remember in February 2020, and I'm sure everyone watching us tonight will remember the toilet roll shortage yeah yep. do you remember then there was panic buying and there were the the, the media were really hyping it up and um, um provoking uh the, the, this kind of behavior showing the images of people with trolleys with piled high with bulk packets of toilet rolls the empty shelves the um sold out notices and all that sort of thing um that that was done deliberately by the government Yep. This was part of the PSYOP and the purpose of the toilet roll shortage just before the lockdown, right? People didn't, have ne didn't make this link. I didn't make this link at the time, right? But the purpose of the toilet roll shortage was because the government wanted to show the folly of individual selfishness. Contrast that with collective responsibility. It was a key part of the, the psychological messaging that was um, a primer for the COVID lockdown. Yep, oh, absolutely. It's a, it's a very good article and um, it's 
David Icke has certainly changed in in my opinion uh, from uh, as have I think a number of people who I would have not viewed favorably prior to the madness of the last two and a half years I now mm. actually seek out and actually respect their opinion mm. and it's amazing what what has happened I think it's it's linked those on the left and right who wouldn't normally have come together and that's a a very positive thing and something the authorities those above us fear so let's keep that conversation across mm. those uh, borders going let me just pull in there one or nanny annie says evening neil and peter on uh, watching over there on d live let me just bring in just a few names um, frankie boys uh, evening gents you were first on canadian mom 1997 hello everyone canada here villain 82 evening chaps from chris and brownhall's walsall uh, his always vicky from florida evening peter and neil uh, there was Jarvie 50 um, there is glass half drunk there are lots of i won't go down because i'll get fr- lost in that but do drop your comment let us know where you're watching always good to get a flavor to know where you are and obviously if you're on getter we can pull those comments in immediately if you're on dlive we can pull them immediately uh, or if you're on facebook we can pull them in immediately so feel free to drop any thoughts any comments any disagreements down the side uh, and this is a story we're seeing more often and this is gateway pundit a great publication stateside british rock and pop singer rod stewart reveals 11 year old son rushed to hospital following suspected heart attack now we're seeing this more and more obviously neil it wasn't a normal occurrence prior to jabbing people uh, and now seems to be a much more regular and of course the media will say move on nothing to see here but it's it's we don't wish it on anyone you don't wish misharming anyone but obviously when the individual it's linked to his higher profile i think it helps having the co- open conversation so yeah neil it's i guess not a story that you're you've been surprised at and have seen more regularly no and you know, when I went to to, to college, I, I learned a bit, little bit about the law of contract, and there's the um, there's a saying caveat emptor, which means let the buyer beware. And the, the principle of this is that um, shops don't offer to sell goods; customers offer to buy them. Now, obviously, there was some vaccine coercion. In, in Britain and much worse in other countries. But generally speaking, there wasn't any coercion for uh, 11-year-olds to get the jab. And you can't really expect an 11-year-old to be able to um, co- uh, comprehend all yeah. of the information they need for, for informed consent. It, 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 of course, is very likely that this poor boy had the... Uh, the so-called vaccine, and uh, you know, Rod Stewart was shilling for the vaccine and, and saying some very derogatory things about the unvaccinated. And uh, if I could just break into a, a couple of lines of uh, song here, um, Peter. <laughs> Why don't for a Saturday night? Eh? If you think I'm stupid and you want my children, come on, Pfizer, let me know. There we go. That's basically what he's done. He said, come on, 
come on, inject my kids with whatever you want. I don't know what's in the jabs. Rod doesn't know what's in the jabs, but he just thought it was a good thing to do. And, um, and, I, and, I, and I think that Rod Stewart will know that all around social media, people are saying, you know, things like karma, yep. you know, because he was saying such uh, nasty things about the unvaccinated. Um, I think even if governments around the world were to stop these mRNA injections now, uh, and if they were to say that they are dangerous um, because of the cardiovascular um, effects that they seem to be having, and even if Rod Stewart was to be told... um, in, in fairly certain terms by a doctor that the vaccine has caused a heart attack that his 11-year-old boy suffered, he may still not repent. He may mm-hmm. still believe that it was the right thing to do. And that's because of, um, you know, Freud uh, wrote a lot about this, about defense mechanisms. Um, it, it's very hard for people to accept that they've done something um, very wrong, especially if it's something very major. And, um, and, and I think that's the situation that, um, that uh, Rod Stewart's in. It would be just too much for him to yeah. admit that he's contributed to serious injury in his own son. And... I think many parents will look back later and regret the decisions they've made. But again, we don't wish that on. But if you're mm. uh, foolish enough to be injected with something, you don't even know what it is. And I mean, we are all told mRNA is a new technology. I mean, well, go for even if go for one of the more traditional, if uh, but then AstraZeneca was traditional and, and removed. But think through it. But people didn't even think through. They just rolled up their sleeves and said, inject me with whatever poison you want today. Uh, and, that, and that's largely because of the ascent of narrative over, over fact. Yeah. And the ascent of narrative over uh, debate and critical thinking. Um, it became a moral thing, covid you know, look yeah. at the way that the unvaccinated were were treated, uh, and this was all encouraged by governments, of course. And celebrities, I mean, I'm sure Rod Stewart would have been given lots of um, in, in, incentive um, to be a, a, a spokesperson for the vaccine because that's effectively what he was. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's talking about the unvaccinated. Let's bring up this, which is a story over in New Zealand. Quite a shocking story, but it shows the state are taking control. Um, and there, that is on the top. Harry Kane strikes from the spot. England levels France in World Cup quarterfinal. So it's it's one one. England have got off their knees. It's taken them quite a while to get off their knees, <laughs> but they have done it for the second half. Uh, we will keep you posted as it goes on. Not that Neil and I really give a damn about it. <laughs> anyway, this is a more important story uh, about the state taking control of our children. Baby blood donor vaccine battle. Judge rules in favour of Taywood Ora. Child placed under court's 
guardianship for surgery. And this is about the parents wanting unvaccinated blood and the state deciding, screw you, we will give your child any blood we like and you have no say in the matter. And it's what we all feared, I think, Neil, the state stepping into this level. And this is obviously in New Zealand, one of the worst, most vicious, most evil countries uh, for destroying people's lives over the last two and a half years uh, with awful Jacinda Ardern horseface. And this will be replicated across the world. So tell us your thoughts on this, Neil. Yeah, I agree with everything you've just said about New Zealand. Uh, This is a vindictive act by the New Zealand government, which has shown um, extreme intolerance to anyone who goes against the narrative. Uh, Just before I came on the show tonight, Peter, uh, the the Daily Skeptic, uh, Toby Young, put up an article um, in Nature, uh, uh, Nature, the academic journal, which has been, you know, real sort of COVID um, zealots throughout the the last um, three years. But they published an article in the latest edition, which is admitting that the unvaccinated were uh, grossly unfairly discriminated against. Now, this is obviously just one set of authors that are making this argument. It's not the whole of uh, Nature magazine, the whole scientific community um, going going against what they've been saying for um, uh, 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 for the narrative. Uh, but it's interesting still that they published this. And um, one of the things that this article uh, explains is, is a study of, 20, I think, 21 countries and the attitudes. And it made the point, and you and I have touched on this before, Peter, it, it's countries with the strongest national identity that have been the worst. And what, what this paper in Nature argues is that it's countries with the highest level of, 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 of a sense of co- cooperation between citizens. So you get that in countries with more sort of national pride. And New Zealand is like that. Um, in the UK, Scotland and Wales are more like that than England. And so Scotland and Wales has worse lockdowns than England did. Uh, New Zealand, the government knew they could get people to all feel they were part of a team. Yeah. You know? And in that atmosphere... It actually does. Uh, it actually strengthens the team kind of resolve if mm-hmm. there are a minority of dissidents who will be treated um, savagely, as this poor uh, mum ha- ha- has been. Um, so yes, a really vindictive action by the New Zealand state. It's to get across the message that anti-vaxxers or indeed any dissidents. Uh, this is how you'll be treated. And there are several other examples around the world uh, which you may not link, you may not think it's a, it's a tenuous uh, relationship with what's the story that you've, you're talking about in New Zealand, but um, Alex Jones, the InfoWars, fined $1.5 billion for making what seems to be an, an, a, a, an inaccurate uh a statement many years ago about the Sandy Hook um, shooting. 
you know, he got something wrong. Well, newspapers get things wrong all the time. Um, one and a half billion dollars, of course, he can't possibly pay that. But they're out to destroy him. Yeah. David Icke. Yeah. Invited to speak in Amsterdam. And the punishment for that, just for him being invited to speak in Amsterdam, was that the Dutch government not only banned him from Holland, which would have been bad enough, mm. uh, he's banned from the whole of the EU Schengen area. He, he, can't, he can't leave the country. He's been made a prisoner on this island. Uh, well, not quite um, the island. He lives on the Isle of Wight, but um, or, or, in, um, in Great Britain, he's been made a, a prisoner. And he's done absolutely nothing wrong. Um, like Alex Jones, he did not, not committed any crime. And then you've got um, Alex Belfield, who apparently did commit a crime. But he was given an incredible um, uh, punishment. Yeah. Five and a half years in prison just for having some critical exchanges with Jeremy Vine and a couple other BBC people on, on Twitter. Yep. Um, again, it's to set an example. It's to mm. pour en encourager les autres, as the French say. And then uh, w one other example this week was the German government um, has done a crackdown on some alleged uh, attempt to overthrow the German government. Yep. Yeah. And there's pictures in the German media of these um, heavily padded and armoured and masked um, anti-terrorist um, uh, police uh, all in black. And it's all, again, to get the message across, do not go against your government. Of course, yeah. Justine Trudeau knows plenty about that, doesn't he? So what's happening in New Zealand is part of this bigger agenda. It's uh, if you're one of the plebs, then don't put your head above the parapet because the, the powers that be will come for you. The global biosecurity state is flexing its muscles. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, let's go on. And this is the right-wing press in the UK that should have been standing up for freedom and now are pretending to jump on some kind of bandwagon and claiming they were for it all along. But here is... The Telegraph, NHS shut down more services during COVID than almost every European country. Cancer-related surgery dropped by more than a quarter in 2020 compared to 2019, according to the latest data. Um, and it goes on and on to talk about the the disaster of shutting down. And the thing I get angry about is no one actually pays a penalty for this. Actually, what happens? Matt Hancock makes money from people's lives. Mm. The more people he's killed, the more money he makes. Uh, yeah, it's it, the the story is beginning to come out. As I said, the media didn't want to put it out, uh, and this is a another example of the piece of the jigsaw coming together. Yes, and I think that the the more comprehensive a health service is the more powerful it is yes, and the more useful it is for uh, uh, the global interests. 
I mean, for a long time, NHS data has been used in international research just because of the comprehensive coverage. And mm. you know, you might say that's that's a good thing. But 98% of the British population registered with a GP, healthcare free at the point of delivery mostly. So people use the NHS and it's a much more mixed health economy in other countries. So you've got much more um, uh, I- I- inclusive uh, data. Data's very useful commodity nowadays. Um, but but more than that, I think Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, he likes the NHS, and he likes it for reasons that are different from what you or I and members of the public, you know, we're yep. kind of supposed to like the NHS. Uh, Klaus Schwab sees it as uh, the ideal way of building a global biosecurity state. Yep. And if this can be done in a country as large as as Britain, then it can be done uh, anywhere. In COVID-19, from March 2020 onwards, the NHS quite obviously, you know, people really need to (laughs) open their eyes if they couldn't see it. The NHS stopped uh, access to all kinds of treatments, all kinds of services that people need, screening for cancer, for example, with deadly uh, effect. And now the nurses are out seeking 19% (laughs) pay rise. And it looks like they're going against the government. But actually, it's not quite as simple as that. Mm -hmm. Um, The government wants um, a well-paid public sector because, as we've seen with COVID-19, it's well-paid public sector employees that have been the biggest supporters of the COVID tyranny, the COVID totalitarianism yeah exactly in the same way that the professional bureaucracy supported the nazi party in germany in the 1930s yeah yeah well let's move you mentioned dilly skeptic before and this is another article that they have put out recently and this is if people have not signed the dilly skeptic you need to sign up for those uh, daily emails uh, they're on all social media, including including over in Getter. And it is mask mandate in schools based on politics, not evidence. Newly released government documents reveal. And it seems though they were jumped into it by Sturgeon announcing they were going to mass in Scotland and in the UK and England. They quickly decided they better do the same because they don't want to be one-upped by Sturgeon. Um, this had just come out. And this is, I think, Matt Hancock's biography, was it, that's come out in. But it's telling us that actually none of this was based on science. It was all based on politics. No, and the whole thing wasn't based on science. I mean, a big question, going back to the article you mentioned at the start, uh, Peter, my my article on David Icke's website about uh, zero covid um, I, I don't believe that the, the vast majority of doctors and scientists and even uh, MPs 
realize that COVID is a complete hoax. No, I don't. Uh, they, I, they, they believe it exists because they, uh, they're trained to accept um, a sort of scientific consensus yep. that was artificially uh, created. The likes of Matt Hancock, I would put him at, uh, I, I sort of put two, two levels of people in the know. So there's the people at the very top who are you know, very committed people who, who know the whole project. And then there's people at a rung below, and that might include the likes of Anthony Fauci and Matt Hancock, who, who, who will know quite a lot. They'll know major parts of the, of the program. Uh, Matt Hancock is a big fan, has been for a while, of Klaus Schwab and his fourth industrial yeah. revolution. Uh, Matt Hancock is a very nasty character. Uh, he's one of a number of psychopathic people in the conservative uh, cabinet over yeah. over the last few years. And and you know I'm I work in mental health and I really do use that kind of terminology sparingly. But I think these uh, this is real sociopathic evil that's been going on. Um, Hancock, remember his, his fake tears when the yep. when they de- declared that the safe and eva- effective vaccines were being launched. Mm. Um, Hancock found himself up, up against Nicola Sturgeon. And of course, Sturgeon was having a very good COVID. She was having a whale of a time. <laughs> That's true. And, you know, this was uh, uh, just... A godsend uh, for her, uh, not that she's religious, of course, but um, she used COVID as a wedge for her um, I- separatist um, sort of cunning. And uh, children in Scotland were therefore just used as pawns. You know, she had them all masked, yeah, creating this difference between Scotland and England and showing Scotland cares more. And again, going back to what my comments a few moments ago, um, Scotland having uh, a much more, uh, much more of a national pride and a sense of all being uh, working for each other, they, they, they accept this. Scottish pupils mostly gladly um, wore their masks to school. They didn't want to do that in England, but Hancock found that they had to because the Scots had done it. So, you know, that is what they think of our children. Yep. They force them to wear masks that they know are useless. Uh, some of the people at the top know there isn't even a virus for which they're being masked against. And they did it. And they did it, as you say, purely for uh, uh, political reasons. And um, then, of course, they introduced these vaccines as well, mm. um, causing some serious harm to some unfortunate um, uh, teenagers or even younger children. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, to try and understand Matt Hancock's position, though, there was a real danger that Sturgeon was just walking away with this COVID. You know, it, it, she was able to uh, effectively make Scotland a different country. And they were heading for vaccine passports. So they, they did bring in vaccine passports in Scotland, but in a limited sense, 
they were going to be much more uh, uh, widespread in their use in January just of this year. Isn't it funny? We, we forget how recent this was. January 2022, there was going to be a, a, a great sort of expansion of the vaccine passport scheme in Scotland. And again, that would make Scotland effectively like a different country. If you crossed the border, you would be subject to very, very different rules. You'd have a very, very different status to what you'd have on the English side of the border. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's look for what the media are now putting out. And we guess can expect this. Here we have My London with their... uh, Ukraine heart on the top. We'll come to that later. We'll come to that later, don't worry. But Londoners call for another lockdown as Oxford Street and Regent Street rammed with shoppers in run-up to Christmas. As says, with the less than three weeks to go until Christmas, some Londoners have braved the crowds in central London. And when you read down, it's some individual has said this, but this is their story. They're getting us into the thinking that, well, you know, we need lockdown. It's unsafe out there, and you you, you couldn't you couldn't make it up. Uh, all those people who've been quadruple jabbed, they should feel perfectly safe to go out shopping, shouldn't they, Neil? Of course, the mainstream media are bought. They they, they don't make much money. The a, a journalist's career is you know it's very hard to get any sort of uh uh livable salary now yeah um but media are very much are extremely important still and uh, they've been uh, very much valued by governments around the world for uh in, in covid and and going back to that event 201 which was mm. about three months before covid19 that desktop pandemic yeah. exercise it did The media featured very strongly in that about how governments must take control of information. Uh, So what we've got here is just a continued effort by um, the powers that be using the media to um, keep pumping these kind of authoritarian memes into the public space so that we never fully relax. Of course, the story here itself is, is, is ludicrous, uh, but it's still, it's doing a job. And it's because, this is an important point, it's because it's ludicrous that it gets attention. Yeah. You see, that's how, that's how, this is how they work. No, absolutely. Let's, um, pro-jam, let's bring up the conservative woman, uh, brazen, shameless hypocrisy of the West over China lockdown protests. We'll bring up one of Bob Moran's cartoons at the end to go with this. Uh, and this is, of course, by the great Neil McRae. It is, uh, I think, just outside our week, but I thought it would squeeze it in because it is a great comparison. Brazen shameless hypocrisy of the West over China lockdown protests. Um, I think Trudeau's been one that's told the Chinese how they should treat people and should treat these protesters with respect. Um, He's got a short memory, doesn't he, Neil? (laughs) Yeah, well, there's that wonderful Bob Moran cartoon uh, where he he has uh, President Xi saying what 
Trudeau said about China about yeah. seven or eight years ago, uh, where Trudeau said that um, his favorite country in the world outside Canada is China because he, something like he said, they've got a, a, a level of uh, dictatorship, which means that they can do things really quickly and well, you know. And um, so Bob Moran had President Xi <laughs> riding a horse against protesters and uh, saying how much he admires Canada. <laughs> let, let, let me just um, let me just bring it up. There it is. There it is. Beautiful. Yeah, Bob Moran is a genius in his ability to put forward a message. Great cartoon. Yeah, he, he will be remembered, yeah. Bob Moran. Um, you know, years, decades in the future. Um, you know, we don't know who's going to be able to write the history books at the moment, but <laughs> uh, certainly um, we, we skeptics um, will we'll, we'll always remember him, the, the, the influence that, he, that he's had. He's, he's inspired us and uh, uh, always given us something to laugh about and to take the mickey out of this, this, this nasty authoritarianism that's taken over in society. Um, but another thing I wanted to say about um, uh, China, Peter, is so there was a lot of coverage of these protests in, in China. And, and of course, that article makes a point about um, uh, all the hypocrisy. Um, but what has happened? Do you know? I'm asking you now. Do you know what has happened to the protests in China and what has happened to the protesters because there's been almost nothing in the media about it for at least a week now. So, so what's No, happened? you're right, because it, well, first of all, most of the stories are only coming out through Telegram sources and elsewhere. The mainstream media didn't want to really cover it, and the videos that we saw coming out were were quite phenomenal. And then we were told that China had backed down and would be loosening their zero COVID policy. But you're right, there's been uh, very little. There was a weird video of the police nearly arresting the uh, th those people with all their hazmat suits and telling them off. I thought, that's really, that doesn't make sense. Why are you putting out a story to show your police telling them off? Um, and maybe China will be able to tell their people, don't worry, it was these bad hazmat people that got overzealous, but we, your government, we have uh, mm. clamped down on it. But yeah, then China don't treat protesters well, very well, so I'm sure they've been locked up and who knows whether they've been kept alive or not. Yeah, well, that, that, that's a point I just wanted to finish on here, um, is that w we know because there is, um, you know, some pretty good, um, reliable, trustworthy, I think, uh, imagery of the vast quarantine camps that have been built outside major Chinese yeah. cities. And we, we, we don't know what's happened to all the, 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 the protesters, um, but I think there's a strong likelihood that, um, that those camps are beginning to fill now. And, and here is my very dark speculation on these protests in China, that they were encouraged by the Chinese government. Now, what I've learned to do over the last two and a half years, three years, Peter, is I didn't used to think like this, but I do now, um, is that almost everything we're told is the opposite of the truth. And think about it. 
why would the Chinese government want to encourage protests? Hmm. Because it's a very oppressive culture, society, and people don't tend to speak out. So they were given encouragement to speak out. Yeah. They they had this white blank piece of paper protest. Again, probably planned by the government. Yeah. Just so that they could catch the distance. Because, of course, these camps are not public health. That's not what they're for. They're for exactly the same purpose as the gulags in, yeah. in the Soviet Union. And by encouraging those protests, they were able to identify that now that COVID is starting to relax, even in China, to identify um, troublemakers, mm. uh, yeah. people who you know could uh, sort of uh, break out from their sort of confinement over the last two and a half years and cause trouble. So they're now safely packed away into these camps. Yeah. And no. who knows what will happen to them. Yeah. Well, let's move over to Ukraine. Wonderful hero Zelensky has been awarded the greatest title really anyone could. And Pro Jam, if you can scroll that up and we can get the front picture of that. Uh, he is Time Persons, uh, Time Magazine's Person of the Year. And there he is, Vladimir Zelensky in the spirit of Ukraine. Ah, oh, it oh, warms my heart. What about you, Neil? <laughs> we are not worthy. <laughs> um, person of the year 2022. Well, 2022 was a year that millions woke up. In 2020 and 2021, we were a much smaller number. We now have tens or hundreds of millions of people that are awake to um, uh, the scams that are going on, which are being the crises which are being contrived, and the 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 power grab of the 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 rich and powerful um, to to you know it's been the biggest transfer of yeah resources in history hasn't it from the the um, ordinary people to the to the the very wealthy um the, this man Zelensky is doing all right isn't he hasn't he got a mansion in florida or something like that um but talking about people waking up so ukraine fooled a lot of people e- even people that were awake to covid and you saw ukraine flags on yep. people's twitter accounts yeah there's still a few of them there and that that newspaper report you showed newspaper website report you showed a couple of minutes ago that had a little ukraine flag on it but uh, i think the daily express has it on its masthead but generally speaking it's ukraine has died right down uh people are just not going on about it so much anymore um the 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 twitter uh, accounts have uh, somehow lost their ukraine flags um And this week we had this uh, revelation that um, uh, Angela Merkel did an interview with the German newspaper Die Zeit, uh, where she said that the Minsk agreements, because of course the war has been going on in Ukraine since Mm. 2014 after there was a US-led coup. And um, uh, Angela Merkel let the cat out of the bag. She said that the Minsk agreements was not really um, for peace. It was just to delay... Um, war with Russia 
which was always planned. It was to delay it until they could uh, develop the, yeah. uh, the, 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 the military uh, um, capabilities of Ukraine. And of course, meanwhile, they, were, they had their bio labs as well. Uh, so all kinds of dastardly deeds were being done in Ukraine over the last um, eight years by the West, um, but, but by NATO. And uh, say Merkel let the cat out the bag. And, and, you know, this is really very serious. And, and Putin has said, you know, how can we trust Western leaders again when, when, yeah. when, they've, done, when they've done this? Putin says, Russia is not at war with the Ukrainian people. Hmm. It's at war with um, NATO. Yeah, it, it's it, it's it's not actually a declared war, of course, with NATO. But that that's who really the, the battle is against. And the battle is against the West and its um, uh, whole kind of project of uh, cultural annihilation. Hmm. No, completely. Well, let's end up on a different story and i don't know if uh, we any women would like to comment women are getting angrier is anyone surprised don't worry you're not alone in your anger this is by huffington post uh, uh when three days ago and we have women reported feeling angrier more often than men who took part in the same global poll the poll surveys more than one hundred twenty thousand people in 150 countries and women were uh, 6%, a 6% difference in the number of times women f- said they felt rage compared to men this year. Women also scored higher than men in sadness, stress, worry, and anger. It's not going well for women in 2022. Um, yeah, it was it just it was a, a straight story. And I'm, I, I'm always curious why a story is put out and why the Huffington Post put a story to say mm. women are getting angry doesn't very sounds a very misogynist story uh, what what were your thoughts on this neil well this is largely about woke yeah. middle class women and uh, the, robert olds and i wrote a book about this very phenomenon moralitis yeah a uh, cultural virus um I, I think that rather than the uh, british ministry of defense bringing all these um, Ukrainian men over to uh, Britain for uh, military training. You know, maybe they should just go around um, some of the uh, more sort of woke uh, places in the UK, like universities, for example, and um, just, just recruit lots of these women and send them over to fight in Ukraine. If they've got that much anger, you know, maybe that would be a, a a good channel for it. Rather, and then they can maybe leave the rest of us ordinary people alone. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a very good thought, and I think Neil, it's a perfect, perfect end to it as well. Um, Neil, as always, thank you for coming along. Great to have you on. Great for sharing your thoughts on those stories. Thank you so much. Thank you, Peter. Uh, no, thanks all for 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 watching. Uh, um, uh, I hope it was uh, uh, better than watching the football. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll just show you one pro jam. Can you? We'll take that away. Can you do the last one? Uh, uh, we had two Bob Moran pictures. 
Neil pushed the first one, uh, which was that China one. And this is the second one, which could open up other stories, but we won't. Great story. What happened when they came for the children? Everyone got very angry about a ginger sellout and his idiot wife making courtesy uh, jokes on TV. (laughs) He hits it every time. He hits it out of the park every single time. Mm. So we'll not even get on to the ginger winger. Um, or Harry Bitter Beer is what. that There was one pub that served, is serving Harry Bitter Beer and is 3.9%, which says is as weak as Harry is. <laughs> How beautiful. I don't know where the pub is, but it wasn't in my local. Um, but on that, thank you to our viewers for tuning in. And if you're listening after, thank you so much for listening on the go. Um, tried to bring in some of your comments. On Monday, we have Mary Grace. Mary Grace Media, uh, I met up with her when I was over in the States. Um, so she's joining us to come on live on Monday. So tune in 8 o'clock, as always, on Monday evening with Mary Grace. Uh, and I think I'll wish our viewers a wonderful rest of your evening you can go and watch the last six minutes and will on france to see if they can hold off the those who get down on their knees it's never very good if you fight on your knees you never win and the football team should have learned that so france have got another four minutes i think to hold that 2-1 score line and to get rid of southgate's team so on that good night to you all Uh, Have a good weekend, have a good Sunday, and look forward to seeing you on Monday. So thank you and good night. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list. Donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.